Going to begin today on campus where UNC students and staff say the university can do a better job communicating information during emergencies in the wake of the fatal shooting on campus in August. That's according to feedback shared in an online survey conducted shortly after the fact. UNC released the results of that survey last week. Here's 97 on the Hills, Brighton McConnell with more on what was found. UNC reached out to students, faculty, staff, and families and received more than 3,300 responses on the survey, half of which were from individuals who were on campus during the shooting and experienced the lockdown. Much of the feedback revolved around the Alert Carolina system. Respondents said the initial Alert Carolina message about a lockdown was useful, but additional alerts during the lockdown could have been more frequent and less vague. Notably, respondents said they wanted more detailed information about where the incident was taking place. Alert Carolina messages at the time said only that the incident was happening, quote, on or near campus, leaving students and staff unsure how close they were to danger. Respondents to the portal also said UNC needs more safety infrastructure in place, including building specific emergency protocols and lockable doors for all campus rooms. Some of the feedback also pointed out that UNC's emergency sirens can only be heard outside and ask that they be made audible inside campus buildings as well. The feedback also requested UNC to require more emergency training for faculty and staff and to clarify expectations for faculty about the proper protocol of instruction during emergencies. That's in light of claims that some professors reportedly kept teaching their classes while the lockdown was ongoing. UNC's next step will be to contract an outside vendor to conduct a further review and make recommendations for future changes, which are expected in 2024. You can visit chapelboro.com to read more of the suggestions offered in UNC's portal and survey, as well as coverage of that August 28th shooting. For 97.9 The Hill... I'm Brighton McConnell. Over to Raleigh now, where state officials are reporting a rise in both COVID cases and flu cases across the state. North Carolina saw another jump in COVID hospitalizations and COVID particles found in wastewater last week, and flu deaths are now up to 14 this season. Not to be any surprise, it is flu season, and respiratory disease is expected to increase as we get further into the winter, so health experts are urging everyone to keep taking basic precautions, including staying up to date on your vaccines. Speaking of health news, one of the biggest developments in state government this year was the passage of Medicaid expansion after more than a decade of political wrangling. Democrats had been pushing for it for years. Republicans finally came on board last year. The measure passed with bipartisan support this spring and took effect on December 1st. It's only been in effect for a couple of weeks, but Democratic State House Minority Leader Robert Reeves told 97.9 The Hill the impact is already being felt. The very best, one of the top three calls I've ever gotten, um, I got from a constituent. She called to say thank you, and I was like, well, what's going on? And she says, you've got no way of knowing this or anything, but she told me about the odyssey that she's had with her son. He went from being a fully functional, healthy person to suddenly almost being vegetative and having to start over again. Because of her and her husband's income and, and his you know, prior life status and all that kind of thing, you know, they've been footing the bills trying to get that done. They say because of Medicaid expansion, they're now saving $1,200 a month. She was just, she was almost in tears. And she was just like, you know, I didn't even, and she said, she said, I didn't even realize this was going to affect us. And I'm so happy and I'm so appreciative that you guys got that passed. And there's stories like that all over. I, I can't tell you the innumerable times that I've been contacted by people now. I mean, people that I actually know 
who are suddenly in a position where they don't have to worry about their health care. Um, I can't help but look back a little bit and think of all the people we could have been saving over the last 10 years, uh, the people whose lives we could have changed, but I'm glad we finally got it right. And State House Minority Leader Robert Reeves of Chatham County speaking there. Finally, to Philadelphia, where the University of Pennsylvania is moving forward after President Elizabeth McGill resigned amidst a backlash against comments she made about anti-Semitism while testifying before Congress last week. Penn has appointed longtime med school dean J. Larry Jameson to take over as interim president. And I mention this because there is a local connection. Jameson is a two-time UNC alum who earned his bachelor's degree in 1976 and his doctorate in 1981. It is time now for sports, brought to this hour by Rosewood Wealth Management. Biggest sports development yesterday actually happened in a courtroom. A federal judge in West Virginia issued a temporary two-week restraining order banning the NCAA from enforcing its rule on eligibility for athletes who transfer multiple times. That's a victory for North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein, who joined six other states in challenging that rule, motivated in part by the case of UNC's Tez Walker, who missed multiple games this year while fighting it. The temporary restraining order runs until the next hearing in that ongoing case, which is right now set for December 27th. Speaking of football, one Tar Heel is already starting to rake in the honors for next season. Running back Omarion Hampton was named by ESPN yesterday as one of their 15 way-too-early favorites to win the Heisman Trophy in 2024. He's one of only four non-quarterbacks on the list. Hampton had a big year in 2023. He led the ACC with more than 1,400 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns. Hampton will be on the field for the Duke's Mayo Bowl December 27th against West Virginia, but a lot of Carolina players will not including quarterback Drake May and linebacker Cedric Gray, both getting ready for the NFL draft instead. Edge rusher Kamen Rucker will be on the field in Charlotte. He had this to say yesterday about his own decision to play. I just want to give back, man. Just like, you know, first of all, like you said, I could have opted out, but, you know, I'm committed to this team. I just want to um, help my boys win. They, I've been here since day one, and I just love these boys a lot. So, you know, not um, bashing the boys that left because I want them to be the most successful people they can be. So hats off to them boys. I want them to have a great future and God be with them through, um, through every step of the way. But for re- for me right now, it's just as much as coaching these boys, man, there's so much that I can still can learn as well, um, even in these um, next two weeks. So just stay back, um, teach the young boys, and then, of course, learn some things on my own so I can be a better player than I was this past year. That's Cayman Rucker speaking there. Elsewhere in sports, big congrats to Carolina women's basketball legend Ivory Latta, UNC's all-time scoring leader who led the Tar Heels to two Final Fours in 2006 and 7 before a 12-year NBA, WNBA career. She's just been named as a new inductee into the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame. The induction ceremony will be in May. And in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice tonight, coming off a win over Ottawa. Want to make it two in a row. They're taking on the Red Wings in Detroit. Face-off is set for 730.